everyone. Thanks for joining this episode of Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. And I'm delighted to be your host. My name is Demetrius Malbro, Principal Technical Product Marketing Manager here at Puppet. And I am really excited today to talk with Rebecca Fitzhugh, Director of Developer Relations at Rubric. How are you today, Rebecca? Infinitely better now that I'm talking to you, Demetrius. All right, fantastic. And also, let me give you a brief introduction of who Rebecca is. And so Rebecca, she is the Director of Developer Relations at Rubric. And prior to joining Rubric, she was a consulting architect focused on private and public cloud topologies, as well as DevOps. And today we are going to talk about one of our automation integrations with Rubric. And Rubric provides multi-cloud data operations and a powerful policy-driven platform to simplify data protection and unlock insights from data residing in the data center and also cloud. Rebecca, you ready for the questions? As ready as I'm ever going to be. All right, let's go. So um, I guess let, let's start off really simple here. So what are you working on these days at, at Rubric, Rebecca? I have to tell you, it's not interesting stuff at the moment. <laughs> no, okay. Right now, I'm really been focusing on our go-to-market strategy, but the good news is my team's actually getting to have a lot of fun. So they've really been digging into a lot of CICD tooling and being able to integrate our platform with CICD to be able to provision and protect cloud workloads in one workflow, um, which we can do on-premises. But now that we're rolling out more and more cloud protection, uh, we really want to make sure that we have that same experience there. Okay, so is and I, I know you love to travel. So in, any travel since since COVID nineteen has hit, and or or maybe you've just been laying low and kind of staying put, which is not typically your style. It's been a big change. Yeah, no travel, so definitely a lifestyle change. So I actually realized the other day that this is I think the longest period of time that I've ever been home as an adult. Um, it's a lot, um, but you know, it's really kind of given me a chance to try on a bit more of a kind of a pedestrian life for a few months. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about really kind of prioritizing the health and safety of myself and others. And so I'm being a good kid and staying home. Well, fantastic. So, so you, you mentioned a little bit about your team. I, I, I love the team. It rocks. I uh, actually work with the team as well. Uh, so I have a little bit of a uh, rubric history behind me as well. So t tell us a little bit about the team and what are some of the cool things that, that they are working on right now? Yeah, so if we kind of take a step back, you you did a quick introduction of Rubrik. So Rubrik is a cloud data management company. So that means we can back up and recover your data, replicate your data, archive for long-term retention with automatic expiry based on that retention threshold. And we even provide additional data services such as data classification and governance and anomaly detection for things like malware, ransomware, or you know a rogue employee going and deleting a bunch of data and so on. And we do this regardless of whether that data is on-premises or in the public cloud. And so at Rubrik, I head up our technical advocacy group, which consists of two teams. So our team of developer advocates and our team of solutions architects. And so the DevRel team, um, which is, you know, I'm never going to change my title unless I have to. I'm going to keep kind of claiming that team because I love them so much. And uh, well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. I love the solutions architects too. Um, but you know, the DevRel team is really focused on our core platform and our APIs, where our solutions architecture team focuses on our huge ecosystem of data sources. And so when you think about what cool things do we get to work on every day, it, it changes. Every day is a bit different and that's what makes the job so fun. But what we're really focused on at the end of the day is enabling our customers. So this means demoing new use cases, helping grow our community, and helping build tools that leverage our APIs to do more. 
Um, and to be a little bit more specific, we've really been kind of rolling up our sleeves on Office 365 because uh, we introduced some new protection there recently, as well as uh, GCP and RDS, so AWS RDS. So that's what we've really been kind of working on and focused on the last few months. Okay. You, you guys have been really busy over this. So I am actually looking forward to seeing some of those things roll out, uh, especially the o- O365 uh, piece and also uh, GCP as well. Um, l- let's talk a little bit about the rubric module for Puppet and w- what exactly does it do? So our Puppet module enables customers to easily c- install a connector in an orchestrated workflow. And so the module is really kind of allowing that interaction with the connector configuration with respect to our SLA domains. And it also allows connector to self-correct based on the configured SLA domain in the hierarchy. And so the connector, what that's really allowing rubric to do is to be able to talk to more and more workloads, even if there aren't necessarily APIs available, we can install that connector and manage the data there. So installing that connector, so maybe think like a Windows and Linux server, and being able to install it on, on that particular system so we can actually go and have that deeper integration as far as you know taking a snapshot or taking a backup of that particular system, right? Exactly. Let's, let's go a little deeper into SLA domain. So that's service level agreement. I don't know why anyone would not know what that is in IT, um, but l- let's just talk a little bit about the enforcement around SLAs and the SLA domain. And why is it important to have SLAs to protect your data anyway? Yeah, so really, when we think about the genesis of rubric, it was really kind of around this idea that it's inefficient and extremely complex if you're managing your data using these kind of manual imperative jobs. And so in order to really kind of start treating data management as an asset, we really believe that you first kind of have to dispose of this concept of backup jobs as a unit of work. And so the idea of using individual jobs for each kind of data management component is is really a model, if we think about it, kind of akin to asking a team of people to route packages all over the world for, say, FedEx or UPS, instead of just using computer algorithms. And so we really wanted to get away from that model. And so instead of managing workloads in kind of these job silos, we imagine that there's a better way to do this using declarative poly policy-based protection. And we can then take these policies and broadly assign them to ensure these different service levels, right, for that data protection and data management. So this is really tying back to the business logic that our enterprise customers already have in place, right? They already have SLAs, SLOs, RTOs, RPOs. So why don't we just take that and then define this in a declarative policy and then assign it at a top level of a hierarchy, and then just let the computer do the work for us, right? And rely on that set of intelligent algorithms. So if we think about that FedEx scenario I gave a second ago, it's, it, it changes that kind of idea to really being able to pick between, say, a priority or standard class of service based off of how fast you're going to need that package to arrive at its destination. Wow, you've definitely gotten a, a lot better and more crisp with that story that you're telling, because I've never heard the FedEx analogy, Rebecca. I would like to say I came up with it, but I definitely uh, heard someone deliver it not quite that way. And I was like, ooh, I think there's something there. And so I took that idea and I sat on it for a while and I finally kind of came up with that. And I was like, all right, I think this is actually a great way to explain it. Like, why would a bunch of humans sort and do all of this work rather than just using a computer algorithm, right? And when I think about going and sending a package, I just want to say, get it there as fast as possible. Or I don't care, you know, the cheapest, Mm -hmm. the cheapest, you know, possible service. Um, and so it, that I think that really resonates because everybody can understand that. And data management is extremely complex inherently. So when we kind of use this analogy, it really makes it, I think, kind of crystal clear. 
so we talked a little bit about the uh, rubric connectors uh, for, let's say, Lin- Linux and Windows kernels, right? So can you tell us why this integration is important and maybe some of the challenges that uh, would alleviate? Yeah. So when we ingest um, data, you know, for from like cloud workloads or from VMs, we use native APIs to do so. But when you start thinking about things like application level awareness and consistency, or, you know, being able to manage data in physical servers, there's not always you know, public APIs available to use. So therefore, we we use that connector to allow Rubrik to interact directly with those operating systems. And once the connectors are installed, they're automatically managed and upgraded by Rubrik. It's kind of hands off from that point in autopilot. But that installation process can honestly be a pain, especially for enterprises with thousands and thousands of workloads like this. So a very common use case that we see that customers do all the time, and especially with Puppet, is using it to really kind of create that automated deployment of those connectors. Okay, so, you know, h- how does utilizing, I guess, Puppet uh, along with, I guess, the module that you've created, you, how has that made made it easier to, I guess, install the connectors uh, per se? Yeah, so what our customers can do is grab this module and then create an automated workflow that says, you know, here's where the connector is located um, in terms of the package itself, and I want to go ahead and push this out to, a thousand or ten thousand, you know, Windows or Linux physical servers, um, and it mm-hmm. really makes it kind of a one-click scenario where they say go after they've written a few lines of code, and then we go ahead and we have that provision and installed, which is just a huge time saver, and it ensures consistency, which is key across all of those workloads. You know, you didn't accidentally miss one, which I guarantee, Demetrius, you saw the lab environment that we used to share. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. going to forget something if I have to do everything by hand. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Rebecca, since, you know, we go way back. So are, are you planning on creating like more rubric modules for Puppet? And if so, do you have any thoughts around what you would consider automating? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to, you know, but I, I'll kind of say the disclaimer here is that we really create these integrations based off of customer demand. So if you're a, a rubric and a Puppet customer and you're listening to this, let us know. I would love to see more Puppet modules for workflows like backup validation frameworks where you're live mounting a, a, you know, a snapshot from yesterday and running a series of tests and then just throwing it in the garbage when you're done and having that kind of comfort at night that you know, your, your data is recoverable and restorable or things like test automation. Um, so for example, we have customers that clone um, like a production database and then mount it in a test environment using Rubrik in order to use it for QA purposes. So I'd love to see more use cases like that being puppetized. And so if you're, again, if you're a customer, you're listening, tell us, let's build it. So it, it also sounds like it's an opportunity for us to work together again. Rebecca, maybe a joint white paper or blog post or something like that. Maybe I shouldn't say this in case the rest of the team listens to it, but you are my favorite person to co-write with. So I'm always down, <laughs> Demetrius. <laughs> And I, I can get a, you know, a lot, I can get a really, really, really creative too. So I know I was actually uh, recently rereading a paper that you and I had written, um, I don't Uh-oh. know, three years ago. It was about our kind of core actual piece of da- uh, data management, a-, a component called Cerebro. And I was reading it and I was like, wow, this is really well written. That must have been Demetrius. <laughs> and I'm saying the same thing about you that I said, Rebecca must have written this part. So definitely, definitely. I, I love, I love working with you. So we'll, we'll see what we can do, you know, in the future, as far as, you know, really um, kind of bringing Puppet and Rubrik together and having customers, you know, really request some of the things that, that both of our, you know, pieces of software does, you know, well. Absolutely. And also, I guess, have you heard of the Puppet Bolt? I have. 
you have and have you played around with it at all? Yeah. So actually, funny story. I think it was maybe back in 2018. Um, it was when I was um, one of the V Brown Bag uh, kind of hosts and co-hosts, uh, you know, a popular podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. I was really excited about Puppet Bolt. And I actually helped coordinate a V Brown Bag episode on that topic. And uh, I used it a few times uh, kind of around the end of 2018, around, Chris- around Christmas break. That seems to be when a lot of our lab work got done, if you recall. And um, I used it for managing a number of services running in some of our VMs. But honestly, I haven't used it much since then. And, and I need to. So are there any cool features that I should be aware of? Of. I'll probably have to get back t- uh, with you on that, but definitely from from what I hear is that it's it's really more on like a ad hoc task based type of uh, solution that you can actually you can install on your laptop and you can get started really really quickly really easily and you can just uh, kind of execute some of those things that you probably would have done uh, manually. So take a look at that, and we also have uh, Puppet Relay, which recently launched. Ha- have you heard about uh, heard about that or played around with it at all? You tipped me off on Puppet Relay a few weeks ago. You, you texted me like, have you have you looked at this? I hadn't looked at it until you texted me. And then I started digging into it and um, I liked what I saw. Uh, our team manages a lot of our infrastructure using kind of infrastructure's code uh, principles and GitOps, you know, as much as possible. And so I started playing around with it and mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't gotten too far, um, to be honest, but I started playing around with it to see how we can use it inside of our own customer zero environment. And so you should know this, Demetrius, I'm, I'm big on alerting. So my very yeah. first use case was um, kind of working to integrate it with our monitoring solution in order to generate Jira tasks and then so I can assign them more easily to folks on the team. And so, so far it's been really easy to use um, and I like it and, and I, I'm hoping that we can use it more in our environment and that way we can come up with some more use cases and I'd love to, to actually write about it. So just a little more information to the listeners is that it's our, our Puppets event-driven platform and a lot of DevOps tools, um, a lot of DevOps teams can actually use this to automatically invoke pre-configured workflows. So it can definitely connect to a ton of DevOps tools like you know, cloud services and APIs to automate some of the workflows across your platforms. So think PagerDuty and GitHub and Datadog and Jira, Terraform and Slack. It's a pretty, pretty cool tool to be able to um, kind of do some triggered events. All right. One more question here for you, Rebecca. Do, do you have like any fun ransomware stories that I, I may not know about that that you would like to share? Well, I would never, I would never use ransomware and fun in the same sentence. Um, oh, come on. Unless we're high-fiving our customer because they were able to very exactly. quickly recover. Yeah, so I think um, the one that I, I think of kind of most recently was uh, the city of Durham. So a side note for the uh, the listeners, Demetrius and I are both from the South. And uh, as two Southerners, <laughs> some of our favorite food are chicken and waffles. So my favorite chicken and waffles place in North America is actually in Durham, North Carolina. So the city of Durham actually is a Rubrik customer and they detected uh, ransomware. They had a, a ransomware attack on on a Friday. That's, you know, that's horrible. And we keep seeing city governments, um, you know, local governments keep getting attacked because, you know, so much of, you know, your emergency response systems um, are yeah. tied to mm-hmm. local government. So how do you create mass havoc, you know, and really kind of wreak just pain um, across an environment? You, you look, attack a local government. Um, yeah. Not that I'm trying to give anybody any ideas, but um, the mayor actually, you know, credited Rubric for um, the very quick response. And so, like I mentioned, on Friday they were attacked, and everything was up, no problem, you know, including things like even payroll by Monday morning, then the next week, because they were able to recover using Rubric because our backups are immutable, meaning that they cannot be consumed by ransomware, they cannot be modified once that data is ingested. 
So really the key here is immutability. And we were really excited to hear um, the mayor actually directly name check our product. So that was really awesome. Yeah, th- that was pretty awesome. And um, I'm actually sitting here thinking that Puppet Relay could actually probably have something written that deals with ransomware as far as triggering triggering an event and alerting. So I'm going to have to chew on that one a little bit. Yeah, maybe it's something like uh, when radar alerts, it pushes that to Relay, and Relay can then push those alerts to other systems that you might be using. Hmm, we might be on to something. Let's let's, let's see if we can um, jump on jump in that lab of yours. <laughs> you probably still have access. Just kidding, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible if I still had access. And plus, you you probably don't want me playing around in there anymore because I am so rusty. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think IT security would come after me if uh, if I yeah, still had access. Yeah. So if you have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Rebecca Fitzhugh. Hopefully they spell my last name right in the show notes so that way we can get in contact. And if you're interested in more kind of automation goodness around Rubric, you can follow at Rubric Build on Twitter as well. And the spelling of her last name is F-I-T-Z-H-U-G-H. Perfect. Well, it's been uh, amazing and fantastic to you know have a conversation with you again, Rebecca, and to talk things puppet and rubric. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, pulling the strings, and uh, looking forward to doing a future episode with you also. Absolutely. Maybe we can dig deeper into Relay later. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to put that on the list. So thanks for coming on, pulling the strings. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.